Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Welcome to Planet Logic. Today's episode, Coronavirus Apocalypse, brought to you by TrumpPride2020.com. Show your presidential pride with the latest styles in t-shirts and headwear supporting the Trump campaign. TrumpPride2020.com. I'm Lynn Woolley. It's fist bump time in America. With coronavirus considered a pandemic now and a national emergency, the age-old practice of shaking hands is fading fast. May it never return. Handshaking is likely the number one spreader of germs in the world and has been for generations. Now that we live in a global community, deadly viruses can spread fast. That's why much of the world is in a virtual lockdown. The best defense against coronavirus, which has no cure and no vaccine, seems to be to stay away from other people and especially from large crowds. Our government tells us to wash our hands often and for at least 20 seconds, use disposable wipes to disinfect, and use hand sanitizer. But our officials don't always practice what they preach. On ABC's This Week, host John Carl showed photos of one of President Trump's coronavirus news events outside the White House. The president is seen shaking multiple hands. Dr. Anthony Fauci, director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, is shown shaking hands, touching the microphone, and then touching his face. And Fauci says things will get worse before they get better. He says this new virus is killing people at a faster rate than that of the flu. It is 10 times more lethal than the seasonal flu, Fauci explained to the House Oversight and Reform Committee. And remember, there's still no vaccine for coronavirus, and it's typically treated in the same manner that a flu patient would receive. The panic is another thing. While the virus is killing a still small number of people whose immune systems may be compromised, the world reaction to it is devastating lives and fortunes. The stock market has lost billions, if not trillions, and gained some of it back, and lost it again. Retirement funds have been gutted, and when events like Austin's massive South by Southwest pop culture festival was canceled, those who counted on it lost income that was critical to their careers. South by Southwest has laid off more than a third of its staff. Austin's Capital 10K, which draws 25,000 runners, has been canceled. It's like this everywhere. Countries like Italy and Spain are in virtual lockdown, and we might be next. But is it all real? Yes, it is. Coronavirus is a threat because it's different from other viruses, and it seems to be extremely contagious. This has caused a panic and a run on store items like canned food and toilet paper. The nation and the world will recover from the virus, but the national and world economy is taking a major hit. On the other hand, some people are buying stocks at bargain prices. The market will boom again and likely soon after the panic subsides. But paychecks that will never be replaced have been lost. If Democrats can lay the blame on this for Donald Trump, their candidate, Joe Biden, has a chance to defeat him in November. If Trump manages the crisis well, even CNN's attempt to make him look bad will fail. Biden is the Democrats' second straight weak candidate. 
He's prone to saying stupid things, and if this outbreak had occurred under his watch, who knows what would have happened. At least Trump stopped travel from China early in the scare. China remains the big problem. The Communist Chinese Party suppressed information, and that caused the virus to spread when it might have been contained. Now, Chinese scientists or social activists that speak up against how the CCP has handled this are going missing. The rest of the world cannot believe what the China government is telling us, but soon we can expect that China will start to get back to normal. People there will go to work and interact. And if the Chinese government mishandles the situation as badly as they have so far, we could see a second wave of the virus. Chinese President Xi Jinping can make people disappear, but not the virus. Meanwhile, I've spotted three parallels in contemporary fiction. Start with Stephen King's great novel, The Stand, that tells the story of Captain Trips, a bug that escapes from a Defense Department lab and spreads like wildfire. The so-called Patient Zero is a soldier working security who unwittingly spreads it to everyone he meets. King sets a chilling scenario as he details how quickly each infected person infects more people, and they in turn do the same. Now compare the reaction of the 1% of the population that somehow survived King's mythical virus to that of the survivors in the Robert Kirkman comic book and TV series, The Walking Dead. Now picture the empty store shelves at your local Sam's or Costco and tell me that King and Kirkman didn't get it right. Finally, the late great Isaac Asimov's seminal Foundation series introduced a concept called psychohistory. In the books, Harry Seldon is a mathematics professor who develops an algorithm that allows us to predict how large groups of people will react to certain situations. Selden held that it was impossible to predict the actions of individuals, but that the laws of statistics, when applied to large groups, could accurately predict the flow of history. And so it has come to pass. Most people I know, individuals, are skeptical about coronavirus as a major threat and most scoff at the idea of canceling events and stocking up. But as a large group that now includes most of the world, that's precisely what we are doing. Coming next, a healthcare worker in Central Texas gives us her take on coronavirus. From Fable Studio L, this is Planet Logic. Julie Sullivan is a health professional. She's a respiratory therapist at a large Central Texas medical facility. Julie, you've watched this coronavirus thing unfold in real time and to the point where there's now almost a panic all across not just the United States but the world. What do you make of it? I think there's a lot of fear-mongering going on, and I think that people need to just continue to use their normal cautions like good hand hygiene and common sense and not let the media and their bias make this thing more than it is we need to kind of just wait and see where it's going it is a scary virus i get that it's spread all over the world in a fast pace but you also need to realize that uh, things like the flu that have been around for centuries um, can be considered a pandemic tech basically every year this year alone 20 to 52,000 people have died from the flu and you don't see a run on toilet paper. Well, one of the things that's different about this coronavirus is it's a different spread. They call it or a different strand, I guess. They call it a novel coronavirus. They don't have a vaccine for it yet. It's, it's a bit of the unknown. Now we're being told that even people that survive it will have 
at least some diminished lung capacity. So there is something to be worried about, isn't there? I mean, you said there's a, not a vaccine. Well, we have a vaccine for the flu, and I'm going to throw those statistics back at you again. 61 million people have contracted the flu since October of this year alone, and a big number of those people have had the flu vaccine. There's also a very deadly virus for young infants, especially those that maybe were born premature, called RSV or respiratory syncytial virus, and there's a vaccine for that called Syngist. may have said that wrong, but it also can still be contracted even with a vaccine. So again, yes, it's a scary virus and I understand that, but there are very, very many scary viruses out there that aren't causing this worldwide insanity, zombie apocalypse going on like I saw at Sam's this morning here in Temple. All right, when you uh, think about coronavirus and what it can do, is what it can do what we should be worried about or what it has done with a panic? I think more of the panic. I mean, I talked to my infectious disease doctor at, at the hospital that I work at, and it is kind of a wait and see. It's been too, as you said, novel to really know the, the as you said, there could be residual lung damage. Well, how do they know that when it's only been out since December? That's not long enough to know if those people are going to regain any lung function. And are they in infirm type patients like your elderly with comorbidities? Or is this affecting young, healthy people with no comorbidities? What we're being told now is it's not even affecting uh, children. It's mostly 60 and up. Is it actually true that some people have coronavirus and they don't uh, they don't feel the symptoms and they don't really know they have it? Absolutely. Um, and there was a bad virus or cold going around in December where people were coughing and had fever for about 14 days, thought they had the flu, were flu negative. They probably had the coronavirus. All right. So how contagious is it? Because what we're being told is that it is far more contagious than flu or the cold that it may be airborne, that it can be on the, the seats in your airplane. In fact, I was looking somewhere on the web where it said your headrest is absolutely the worst thing about your seat because people back into it when they sleep on an airplane and, and I guess stuff grows off, off of the back of their head or something and gets onto the airplane seat. So is all this hand sanitizing and all of this... Uh, the alcohol and, and bleach wipes and all this, is all this necessary? I mean, it's okay to be cautious because, again, we don't know. You're reading things about that it's, you know, airborne and it can last this long. When I've read other things that say it only lasts a few short hours that, again, we don't know. And part of that is because the country that it originated from, China, isn't being truthful with the what's what's going on that's very true but i mean airborne in the sense that if someone sneezes or coughs or has some kind of bodily fluid escape and it goes through the air wherever it lands then someone touches that spot and uh, i understand we touch our face on an average of 33 times an hour if it gets into our mouth our nose our eyes our ears well that's tb that's any of those droplet contact precautions that i wear on a weekly, sometimes daily basis, depending on how much I work, I literally go into a room. I'm, I'm a respiratory therapist, like you said, first line of defense. We're the first people you see usually when you're coming in in a respiratory devastating condition. And we have a, you said I couldn't say that word, a crappy paper gown, a 
thin paper mask and whatever cheap gloves we have. And that's all that separates us between patients who are literally oozing many types of bodily fluids out of probably every orifice they have. We go into these rooms and sometimes we don't know what they have. It hasn't come back yet. And we take care of them. We touch them. We check their pulse. We listen to them. And then we take off or doff our gown and gloves and go wash our hands and eat lunch. All right. So let me ask you this. This is this is a very interesting thing that you bring up. And I've often wondered about it a lot. So you go into room A Mm -hmm. and there's I believe you're in the children's hospital business and there's a little boy or a little girl in there that has some kind of an illness. You may know what it is. You may not. You attend to that kid. Then you're off into room B where there's another kid. Do you do something in between to make sure that you don't transmit something from the first child to the second? I mean, absolutely. Now, the ER can be a different beast because they come in emergent. We don't know. We use what's called standard precautions, i.e. we go in the room and we squirt the hand sanitizer. It's got to have a percentage of alcohol over 68%, I think, to be effective. Ours is pretty strong. And we put on a pair of gloves, and we go in there and treat that patient. When we're done, we use hand sanitizer, and All we right, the clean glo- our stethoscopes. The gloves go in the trash? The gloves go in. You know how to take them off the right way. So the way, gloves so get used one time. One time Single patient use. All right. When When's the protocol then for wearing a surgical mask? That's when we know that they have some kind of upper respiratory, respiratory type infection that can be droplet, airborne. Um, if we know that they, like TB, you don't know right away. It can take days to under, to know that. There's been so many times that I've gone to work, my shifts in a row, been off a few days, come back to work, gotten an email and said, you were exposed by patient be whatever with a TB after the fact. And that's when you wear a different mask called an N95 that's more like a respirator. It, it's sealed all the way around so nothing can get in. But it depends on the test when they come back. If they're coughing, wheezing, got something going on with their lungs, we put them on that droplet precaution, but that's usually after they get assigned a room in the hospital. I'm going to ask you this question for a reason, so just give me a brief answer and I'll follow up. If I went into a hospital, any hospital as a child or as an adult, and I'm exhibiting flu-like symptoms, they're going to what? They're going to put an IV in my arm, give me fluids, give me something to control the temperature. Is that right? Um, it depends on how severe your symptoms are. If you, They'll take your temperature if it's how high the temperature is. They'll give you something to bring that temperature down, and they'll check your levels. All right, so the coronavirus, you come in with what they call flu-like symptoms. They're going to do the exact same thing, right? Absolutely. So does it matter if you have flu, if you have coronavirus? Do they really need to know precisely what it is in order to treat it? Not from my standpoint. If you're in respiratory distress or failure, I'm going to treat you the same way that I treat the patient that has flu, bronchiolitis, rhinoenteral, RSV, TB, whatever it is you I, you have, we're going to support your respiratory system while you heal and also treat your body. All right, you're a respiratory therapist and you're not a doctor, but you work with a lot of doctors. And, and I'm just wondering, what would a doctor do different if he knew, for example, that I had whatever this current strain of flu is, than he would do if he was absolutely certain that I had coronavirus? I mean, as you said, I'm not a doctor. I've been doing this about 15 years. There is something called... Uh, Tamiflu that they might could give you for the flu 
symptoms to help you overcome that that we don't have for the coronavirus sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't it's all patient dependent on how you respond to these treatments but correct me if i'm wrong there's two main things that you want to do and again i'm I'm a radio guy and a podcaster i'm certainly no doctor but i would think number one thing you want to do is if somebody's running a high fever and that can be dangerous you want to get that fever down and the second thing you want to do is to make sure they don't dehydrate so you want to give them fluids if you do those two things it would seem to me that almost any respiratory illness that would be the first two things to attack. Yeah, absolutely. They'll do blood count and see if you have anything else going on. If it attacks your heart, they can give you medications to help regulate your heart during that time. We also have something that's last ditch effort and that's called ECMO or extracorporeal membrane oxygenation where we put a cannula in your either artery or vein and we take your blood outside of your body and oxygenate it and put it back in your body and Mm. let your lungs rest. We have had several of these tiny patients that have come in with flu and RSV and bronchiolitis and they've been on ECMO and I can tell you. It's true that some things change as we get older, but if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Get ahead of the postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Right now, I think off the top of my head, and I don't want to lie, uh, I, I believe 12 patients with just one of these known respiratory viruses that have been on ECMO since the beginning of 2020. All right, let's pause just a moment and let me sterilize your microphone. Okay, I'm, I'm teasing, but people are, are, I guess you could say, a little obsessed with this. Around my house, I bought some sanitary wipes, and I wipe off the kitchen, wipe off, off the bathroom, wipe off the TV trays when we're watching a movie and eating pizza or something like that. And people are doing it. You see people in the stores wearing surgical masks. I know this may be hyped. It may be overkill, but let me ask you this blunt question. Because so many people are doing this, isn't that going to stop the spread of coronavirus? I would hope so. And maybe it'll stop the spread of all these other viruses as well. These are things that you should kind of be doing anyway. Well, but not to the extent that we're doing. Maybe not to the extent, but you should always have good hand hygiene and mm-hmm. keep your surfaces clean that you prepare your food on and anything that's going into your mouth where you have a lot of membranes that can absorb things that, that can make you sick. Yeah. All right. So people get on a plane the air is circulating in the plane 
is that dangerous? I mean, I don't know. It's probably filtered air. I, I mean, I'm not a mechanic, so I don't know. Well, I'm sure it is. And then you're wearing those. I'm just going to say this about those face masks. I kind of told you earlier, there's the cheap paper mask, and then there's something called an N95. We get fit tested for those masks anytime we start a new job. And if you have facial hair at work, you're not allowed to go in that patient's room because it will not seal. You know, Those I was going to are... say, I read the other day, two things that I didn't know. One was guys with facial hair, and I guess in these days, women with facial hair, since we can't be, we, we can't be a, a sexually uh, differentiating here. But if you're a guy with a beard, these masks don't do anything. Well, right? these masks that people are buying panic over the shelves are not doing anything for them, too. If it's a true airborne, it'll help you with droplet, but airborne, but it has to But people who have seal. the disease are supposed to wear the masks, right? So no. it catches it when they cough. I mean, yes, that would be nice if you cover your sneeze and cover your cough in your elbow, not your hand. And these people, though, that I'm saying that are walking around like I saw at the zombie apocalypse at Sam's this morning, that are just wearing them to be safe. It's not helping them. It needs to be completely sealed and you have to be fit tested. For and that. it's also taking away surgical masks from people who probably should be wearing. Yes, like people like me who are in a crisis shortage of them because they're literally been bought up. And China has shut down the manufacturing of a lot of things. And I'm not trying to get political, but maybe we need to start buying all of our things from China. China oh, we and can making be, them ourselves. We can certainly be political on this podcast, <laughs> but let me ask you this. When all this first came out, I decided to get ahead of the curve. I don't own any hand sanitizer. I didn't own any, any wipes, any uh, uh, disinfectant wipes. So I went to, I think it was HEB or Walmart. I bought two packages of, of wipes, sterile wipes. They're not sterile. Well, hold on. Okay. I'm getting to the question here. And I bought, I bought a big bottle of hand sanitizer. When I get home, I noticed that the wipes proudly proclaimed bleach-free. And the, and the hand sanitizer said alcohol-free. So I essentially bought nothing that's going to help at Absolutely. all. Absolutely. And people keep saying sterile wipes. They're sanitizing wipes. Sterile is a whole different ball game. And that's something I don't have the time to explain to you Well, on the that. question I have for you... Maybe is something would be better if the head of Procter and Gamble were here. But why sell people a, a sanitary wipe that has no bleach in it, and why sell people hand sanitizer that has no alcohol in it if those products are worthless? Yet they make people believe that they're doing something. Well, they're not worthless. They kill some bacteria and germs. They but may we're not talking kill about this virus. virus here, right? But you got to read the fine print when you go to buy stuff. There are things with bleach in them. These are for your normal household type germs. If you want the true products, you get the stuff that we use at the hospital that kills everything because we use that on our equipment. All right. Now you said you went to a wholesale club this morning. Yes, correct. That, that would be Sam's. Yes. And you called it a zombie apocalypse. Um, I also went to Sam's, but I did something different from you. I went at 7.30 in the morning. And even then, this was uh, a couple of days before this recording, there was no toilet paper. I did run over to Walmart and was able to find some. And I bought it, not because our household particularly needs more toilet paper, but because if we become like Italy... And now Spain, where you're not allowed to leave your house except maybe once a week to go get supplies and you have to prove to the police that you can be out doing this, you're going to have to have some of these things. But what was it like 
at Sam's when you went in? I mean, it was kind of scary when I pulled into the parking lot. First of all, I was getting gas and not in a panic. I work and drive a longer distance to get to work. And so I need to keep my car full of gas because we are in what they call a phase two of our program. If we go to phase three, we are on mandatory on-call and mandatory overtime. So I have to be able to get to work. And I also need to be able to eat while I'm at work. And I couldn't get into the other local grocery stores. So I went, you know, didn't have food at work on Friday. Oh, we're not going to mention any specific hospitals, but I noted that um, traveling respiratory therapists, nurses, medical professionals, this is something your industry does where you can get temporary jobs in different parts of the country. And right now in your field, respiratory therapists are being offered amazingly high dollar amounts to go all over the country where they're having shortages. Yeah, and that's correct because it's a respiratory virus and we're one of the, and I know I'm, it's my profession, so I do say this a little bit. We get tended to get, we tend to get overlooked and underappreciated a lot of time because we don't stay at just one bedside and we can't administer, administer some of the drugs that nurses are able to administer. I always have compared us with nursing. Nurses are amazing people. They're some of my best friends and some of the greatest caregivers out there, but they know a little bit about a lot of things. A respiratory therapist knows a lot about a small system, your lungs and heart, your cardiopulmonary system. And right now, because this is attacking that system, they need people who are skilled at running these complicated machines, ventilators, knowing how to put a breathing tube in and maintain that airway and give these life-saving treatments to patients. And that's why you're seeing that high demand and the high pay for an RT. It was shocking to me when I saw that normally nurses get that higher pay. Again, you're not a doctor, but you're a respiratory therapist for about a decade and a half. What do you normally experience as a season for a respiratory virus like this. So what I'm asking is, when's this gonna be over with? Soon, I hope. We, we have what our busy months. We call them the respiratory season. It's, it, it's not just the flu, it's also our little wheezers, our little asthmatics that get affected in the colder months. Um, the sun will kill a lot of this. When it gets warm and hot, it, it's not gonna grow. So hopefully, maybe six more weeks. At, for us in the South, I would hope sooner. Here's a question that I've wondered about, and that is, if you've been exposed to coronavirus and you didn't really get sick does does your system build up an immunity to it or will more americans become resistant to it and is that how another way that we can get past this crisis again that's something we're gonna have we don't really get resistance to flu so i i don't know that question i don't know the answer to that question all right you mentioned you didn't want to get political but we can for just a moment this originated according to every reliable source, and my main source on news coming out of China is a newspaper called the Epoch Times because it's published in New York City, but it's by people who used to live in China uh, and escaped from the communist government there, and they still have sources, underground sources, and they're pretty much confirming, yes, this happened probably in a lab outside of Wuhan, which is a central Chinese city, and yet the Chinese covered this up, suppressed information on it, and are responsible for the deaths of thousands of people because we could have we could have stopped this if the Chinese government had been forthcoming. I mean, I don't know that maybe we could have stopped it, but we would have had the 
the wherewithal to know that it was coming and get a little more prepared for it. Well, uh, by stopping, I'm talking about, yeah, you sort of confine it to China. And now look at what's happened. Italy is totally shut down. Spain is shutting down. Uh, President Trump, to his credit, started saying that we're going to stop travel from China some time ago. And what happened? He got called a racist. Democrats called him a racist. Democrats say it's xenophobic to even say that it came from China. So now the Democrats are attacking the truth. And when you attack the truth, it makes it harder to defeat an enemy like this virus. Correct. All right. Uh, We have some lovely parting gifts for you today. A six-pack of Corona beer. Actually, Can I have we, some Lyme disease to go at? Lyme with disease that? to go at. There's, but I tell you what, <laughs> on a lighter side, and this is not to diminish the people who have gotten sick, and certainly those who have family members who have passed away from this. But there's been some amazing memes uh, on the internet come out of this, uh, and at least have given us a little bit of levity. <laughs> By the way, uh, you'll be interested to know that the results are out on President Trump. And he is negative for coronavirus. Let me say something on that. You can also carry this virus from what I'm understanding from the infectious disease doctor I spoke with. You can have been exposed to this and carry it for four days before you even have symptoms. So within that four day period, you could be potentially spreading that. And that's why we just are urging people to use common sense and and don't go around some infirmer elderly people if you think you could have been exposed but be diligent wash your hands what about large gatherings of people baseball games you know they've canceled all that i feel like those things that are outdoors you're okay with i wouldn't want to be shut up in a building with thousands of people but in a, a stadium where you're outdoors and there's air i'm not as worried about that again i i'm more fearful of the flu but Hey, I lived through the H1N1 when I was taking care of patients that were young 31-year-old mother, one that I think of, that literally died on ECMO, and she had children she left behind. Sure, we're not here's, seeing that And yet. here's the thing. Uh, remember when we uh, turned from 1999 to 2000, and we were told that the millennium bug in computers was going to be the end of the world? Since then, we've been through bird flu. We've been through swine flu, a couple of different variations of that. Uh, we, we've uh, we've been told that global warming is going to kill us, and and sometimes uh, you get crisis uh, burnout. I guess you know it, it's it's just and some people just refusing to believe this. So what's worse in your opinion? We'll close it out with this. What's worse in your opinion? Someone who is overly concerned about this to the point of going out and buying 40 packages of toilet paper and and 150 cans of pinto beans or something like that and sterilizing everything in sight or the person who says this is ridiculous and just goes and does anything and has no caution at all is there a happy medium in there again i think just using your normal common sense be cautious stay safe out there all right julie sullivan is a respiratory therapist at one of the larger uh, hospital chains in Central Texas. Julie, thank you very much. Thank you, Lynn. From Fable Studio L, this is Planet Logic. If coronavirus skews this election, and if Joe Biden actually becomes president of the United States, Americans and the rest of the world had better get used to hearing some pretty strange comments. Joe Biden is a walking, talking gaff machine. Here's a sample. Why you texting? Why, 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 you're getting nervous, man. And Corn Pop was a bad dude. And he ran a bunch of bad boys. Uh, I'm not sedentary. I don't, I get up and, and, and no, let, 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 let him go. Let him go. Look, the reason I'm running is because I've been around a long time and I know more than most people know. 
and I can get things done. That's why I'm running. And you want to check my shape on? Let's do push-ups together, man. Let's do. Let's run. Let's do whatever you want to do. Let's take the nice pizza. You ever been to a caucus? No, you haven't. You're a line dog face pony soldier. You said you were. Make sure the television, the, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night. The, the, the phone. And so he was up on the board, wouldn't listen to me. I said, hey, Esther, you, off the board, or I'll come up and drag you off. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by, go, you know the, you know the thing. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. I'm beginning to see why your wife left you. And he cut off a six-foot length of chain. He folded up. He said, you walk out with that chain. And you walk to the car and say, you may cut me, man, but I'm going to wrap this chain around your head. If you agree with me, go to Joe 30330 and help me in this fight. Thank you very much. This is what concerns me about Joe Biden. He's just not quite all there. Maybe it's age, maybe it's Alzheimer's, maybe it's senility, maybe it's something else, but Joe Biden can't stay on a stage for more than seven minutes now to make a speech. His handlers won't let him because he will make so many gaffes that it will cause him more problems and more of these montages will pop up like this one on YouTube. I'm afraid that if Joe Biden becomes president of the United States, the deep state, the swamp, will be in charge. There will be somebody under Joe Biden that's actually over Joe Biden, pulling the strings. Maybe it'll be Barack Obama. That would be the most likely thing. Or maybe it'll even be Hillary Clinton. Who knows? But it won't be Biden making decisions. He's not capable of making decisions. So it comes down to a couple of things. Number one is the coronavirus and what actually happens with it and how Trump manages it. And the second thing, is going to be how the media conducts itself. If the media is going to take every comment that Donald Trump makes that may be wrong, every contradiction that Trump makes, everything Trump says that doesn't jibe with their left-wing agenda and plaster it all over the television screen and all over the front page of your paper, but they let Joe Biden get a pass, that's not going to be a good thing. From Mark Tyson's column, instead of saying Super Tuesday, he called it Super Thursday. He said, my name's Joe Biden. I'm a Democratic candidate for the United States Senate. How do we elect a man president who thinks he's still running for the Senate? On three occasions last month, Biden declared he was arrested in South Africa trying to visit Nelson Mandela in prison. That is an incident his campaign later admitted never happened. But it's down to Bernie and Joe. Bernie doesn't have much of a pathway now to the nomination, and that means it's going to be Trump versus Joe Biden. Who would you rather have? as president of these United States. Find us online at planetlogic.us. We're on Facebook and Twitter at Planet Logic, and you can always tune in on your phone's podcast app. Until next time, this is Lynn Woolley saying, Be logical. Take a stand for the United States of America. Say a prayer for Rush Limbaugh. And God bless President Trump. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.